Brothers and sisters, it's time for Angel Repair Juice. The Bible gives us to know that you ought to pay your tithes. I didn't write it, it's in the book. When you're not a tither, then you're a thief. Some of you are wearing God's money. Got his money on your feet. Some of you are riding in God's money. The Bible asks the question, will a man rob God? Yes! Some people got habit. Well, well. Good listeners of Angel Repair Juice. You are listening to the first ever special ARJ televangelist extravaganza. I am Brother Deep Pockets. And I'm Brother Dollar. Brother Dollar, we have some good news for the good listeners today. Oh yeah, we've got good news for them because we didn't come here to get on the air to tell you about Jesus. We came to sell you something. We're talking about the swellest, the wellest, the bestest of the bestest juice of all time. And don't you want to know what it is? Tell us what it is, Brother Deep Pockets. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's... Angel Repair Juice. Angel Repair Juice, folks, yes. You see, Brother Dollar, I got a word from God. He's got a word from God, amen, yes. That if the good listeners of Angel Repair Juice... Yes, amen. ...will buy one crate of Angel Repair Juice... Yes. ...they will walk in supernatural health like never before. (gasps) What is that like, Brother Deep Pockets? It's like when you're feeling really good... And then you drink your angel repair juice. And then you walk in supernatural health. Then you start feeling real good. Re- is that real good, Brother Deep Pockets? Really, really. Really, really. So how much, how much can that, no, wait, don't, don't answer yet. How much do you think that this is worth, Brother Deep Pockets? Well, according to the Bible, Brother Dollar, Book of Nehemiah. The 13th chapter and verse 4 it says and before this Yeshib the priest having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God was allied to Tobiah now the prophetic significance of this verse brother dollar is that the 13th chapter and the 4th verse equal the number 17 and thus if you will give us $1700 we will give you your own case of angel repair juice. Is it worth your health? Yes. So much grace for so little coin. Oh, yes, brother. Oh, yes. Brother Dollar. Yes. Will you tell the good listener how they can get their very own angel repair juice? Well, all you have to do is send us an email with your bank account number and your social security number to angelrepairjuicepc at gmail.com oh yes at angelrepairjuicepc at gmail.com you send us that and we'll send you your very own case of angel repair juice when you send us this email oh brother deep pockets we've already got we've already got an email Oh, praise the Lord. Praise God. Let me read this email, Brother Dollar. 
Dear ARJ hosts, while I usually enjoy listening to your podcast, thank you, listener. Thank you for enjoying oh, the yes, podcast. Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you very much. I was disgusted, okay, by your blatant promotion of theological. What does that word mean there, Brother Dollar? The, theological? Theological. Uh, I, I think that it's got something to do with Star Trek. Oh, okay. Theological liberalism. What? Liberal is always vote Republican. So I don't do I? understand, but. I'm a registered she Republican. She, she says that she was disgusted by our blatant promotion of theological liberalism on the last show. Oh, that, that'll make. That makes I, I don't understand this. She said, you obviously don't even read the Bible. That's, see, now that isn't You true. just read the Bible. You just read I, it on the show. You, I just I just read it. Nehemiah, the 13th chapter and the 4th verse. Amen. And she says, listen to this, Brother Dollar. She says, you obviously don't even read the Bible, yet alone believe it. I, I don't know how she could say that. I believe I every word of it. I believe you, you should believe that you will get angel repairs if you send us that email. Exactly, because that is what the word Believe says. it because I believe it and because Brother Deep Pockets believes it and because you should believe it. Amen. Amen. Then she says, I thought this was a Lutheran show. Wait, wait, we're Lutheran? And welcome to another edition of Angel Repair Juice. My name is Henry Volk. And my name is Matthew Pancake. And we're very sorry. Um, I guess what we're doing now is we're repenting and going back to being yes. Lutheran. Repenting. Does uh, this mean we're not getting the $1,700? I, I think it does. I think we're going to have to give up. I think we're going to have to give up on promoting angel repair juice this way brother deep pockets oh man (sighs) it's hard habit to break you get it started and 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 you just it just starts to it just starts to flow from you it just start it just starts to flow you know like like the holy no no no, stop stop (sighs) oh it's it's hard yes it is yes it's very hard brother Um, henry Yes, it's very difficult. It's, it's it's very hard. It's very difficult. And I was so looking forward to selling Angel Repair Juice to our fine listeners. There I go again. Maybe the thing we need to do here, Matthew, is just go and run up fire hose and, and uh, refocus our energies. You know, I think that that's a good idea. Why don't we just go right ahead and go into the Anime Fire Hose Roundup. In this week's Lance and Masks, while out rescuing people, Yotaro, a.k.a. Nightlancer, along with Yuyan, is kidnapped by an old friend and taken to an island run by a large female knight known as The Chief. When it becomes apparent that he's not returning home when expected, his friends back at the mansion decide to find out what has become of him. A quick trip back to the orphanage, where the former children of the crime syndicate use their hacking abilities to locate Yotaro, Suda-san and the older knights head out for the rescue. Makio and Yuifeng, even though they've been told to stay behind at the mansion, sneak out on their own to try to rescue Yotaro themselves. But the chief has plans for Yotaro, namely to make him one of her henchmen. 
or worse. Unable to return to Mars or move forward towards Earth, Orga decides to contact the Mafia-esque company Tewaz on the Jupiter orb for assistance. Galileo and McGillis find out that Tekadon's mobile suit, Gundam Barbatos, was one of the 72 Gundams used during the Calamity War. They also interview Ein Dalton, one of the mobile suit pilots who first encountered Gundam Barbatos on Mars. Ein states that he wants to join the Special Task Force in charge of taking down Tekadon so he can avenge his fallen superiors. Meanwhile, Anna finds out that Mikazuki can't read and offers to teach him to read and write. However, other children over here and also want to learn. So Aina becomes Kundalini Senpai and begins teaching Mika and the children how to read and write. Anti-Magic Academy begins this week with Otori discovering that the ground decorations Tenmyoji has the students drawing is in reality a mind-numbing spell, one that is powerful enough to knock out the entire student body. But Otori has her problems grow worse when her body is taken over by Mephistopheles, who plans to kill everyone at the school and hand it over to Tenmyoji. Meanwhile, Usagi is haunted by the memories of an accident that left her brother dead, a death that she blames herself for, as does her entire family. But soon Tenmyoji kidnaps Usagi and takes her to the chapel, where he plans to consummate his so-called marriage to her on the altar, no less. But Kusanagi has other plans, and it's up to Usagi to take down the possessed Otori with the very gun she killed her brother with. On the latest episode of Steve wakes up from his coma, delirious. He runs away from the village, still thinking he's in the middle of the battle. Bob, Thon, and Hezama run looking for him. When they find him, he is staggering through a rice field, mumbling to himself, and Bob convinces him that he's not under attack. Steve decides to return to the village and walks towards Bob, Bob and Hazama while saying that he wants a sausage, a real meaty one. Then all of a sudden he steps on a landmine and is killed. Bob then has a mental breakdown and refuses to acknowledge that Steve is dead. When the Viet Cong soldier, Bond's childhood friend An, who saved Hezama and the gang, when they were imprisoned, arrives in the village, bloody and beaten, Bob becomes irate that Hezama and the American medic are going to operate on him. Bob then orders an airstrike on the village, stuffs Steve's remains in a duffel bag, and leaves. Bond warns the villagers that they must evacuate. However, the doctors refuse to leave and manage to finish the operation amid the sea of flames. Once everything is over, Yabu bids Hazama farewell at the airport, as Yabu has decided to stay in Vietnam, and Hazama must return to Japan. On One Punch Man this week, the city is terrifying for Saitama. It's terrifying because there's nothing for a hero to do, and he has one week to do something heroic, or he'll lose his status in the hero organization. While this goes on, Genos is taking notes. Notes about every detail of Saitama's life. Why? Because he's weird like that. Anyway, Saitama takes to the streets to find anything to do at all, but there's so many C-Class heroes out on the streets that all the grunt work is already taken. But while he's busy looking, he's disturbing people on the streets who call in Tank Top Tiger to teach Saitama a lesson. But he's interrupted by Speed Assigned Sonic, who's up for a rematch against Saitama. At first, he doesn't recognize that Sonic is a bad guy, so he tried to ignore him. 
but he eventually gets a clue and handily beats the speedy ninja. Will this count as work for Saitama? Only if he can figure out what to do with Seaweed Man. And that was this week's Anime Fire's Roundup. And that's the roundup, it's the roundup, it's the roundup. Ah, that does feel better, Henry. I feel I feel better for having done that. It seems to have purged this this spirit that was in me. Feeling feeling better. And and, I, and I'm gonna tell you I why. You feel generous all of a sudden. You feel generous? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, I, I feel like serving my neighbor and giving money to the poor instead of trying to take them for all they're worth. All that for all that just from doing the roundup? <laughs> really? Yeah, actually, I would would say that it's because, um, you know, one punch man just always makes my day. (laughs) It's just, yeah, yeah. One pun man, by the way, that's how they, that's how they pronounce it in in Japan. One pun man. So if, if somebody, if you hear somebody say it that way, that's what they're really saying. I, I just, Saitama is such a funny guy. He's there. There's a part in this where he gets into a fight with the seaweed man, which I have no, I, they didn't give him a name. Seaweed man. And when it's over with, he's boiling up like this, like kale, because this is a a delicacy. They know how to make seaweed in Japan, make it into like these great dishes. And he's got this and and Genos asks him, so where did you get this? You don't want to know. (laughs) You don't want to know where I got it. Just I I, I just got it. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 It's it's like Superman bringing home part of Megzoplik and saying, we're going to make a soup. You know, it's, 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 it just makes my day. It just makes everything better. So, you know, you know, uh, here's the part that we skipped though, back at the beginning so that we can sort of get back on track. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun at the beginning of the show. We, it's, but remember that this is a show about anime from a Lutheran perspective. The niche is what, Henry? Good. The niche is life. And because the niche, you know, this is, that's our thing. Uh, sometimes we hit the niche. Sometimes we've got other things to talk about. Um, yeah. And I finally got, I'm finally getting people to understand that no, they're not, they're not making fun of, um, superheroes it's not because we have this whole thing where we're making uh superhero movies like crazy here in the united states and the, the japanese think that that's nuts so now they're making this no 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 they're they're lampooning things that are really of japanese flavor you know the whole idea of of we have the the seaweed man you know who's terrorizing this unpopulated part of town yeah how does that even work they send two they send two heroes in to look for him and because they know that there's there's reports of something going on in the uninhabited uh, abandoned part of of city what was it city z i think it's city z they're all named a b c d e f g they're all nondescript and the two heroes go in there and one of them gets clobbered the other one gets killed saitama for some reason, is walking through that part of town, the uninhabited part of town. He's okay. been he's been shopping. He's already got stuff, you know. And this thing is the the only reason that it winds up being killed is because it got in his way. <laughs> Not because he's saving anybody or any of that stuff. 
that 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 whole section in there where um where he gets into it with Tank Top Tiger. These characters have such crazy names. He gets into it with him, and Sonic shows up and knocks him out and says, "Cause I'm I've got a bone to pick with you." And Saitama's was like, "No, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm busy. I'm looking for hero stuff to do." Well, there's a bad guy standing right here in front of him, and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, maybe he's a bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> and then when it's over with it's like i wonder if this counts as work <laughs> because, you know, it, it really does operate like it's a union you know <laughs> this is, you're, you're working for the local you know whatever it's called local teamsters thing whatever and and it's, but but a lot of this is like centric to japan it's it's you know this is the way people are saitama is laying around for days and days and days doesn't even realize that you know we've only got two days left to find something to do or else you're going to not be a hero anymore it's like now he thinks that that means something for some reason when before it didn't mean anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's like walking through life with no real direction but he still manages to be a a hero manages to get the thing done like there's no seaweed man anymore because, you know, it's late for supper. Why are you in my way? You know, I don't have time for this. <laughs> so, oh man, I, I really need to start watching this. I just I just haven't found the time yet. To, well, well, there's enough of them now to where you could do some marathoning. So yeah, I'll just have to sit down and just like, you know, devote like some serious like a, like an afternoon to it, and, and, and then just, I'll be able to do it. And just understand that you know there are going to be times where you're going to have to stop because your gut's hurting, and it's, <laughs> it's got stuff that happens that just makes you go, "What?" It's <laughs> my kind of show. But then, but then, but then again, it's got the action. It's got like you know, it's not just strictly for laughs. There's like bombastic crazy you know when he's fighting the the underworlders the ones that are in the very first episode it's got its own look and it's got its own craziness and he's got this attitude like yeah i finally found the 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 bad guys of a lifetime you know and he's like, ah and he's just destroying stuff and it's like wow if this you know was on a big screen your eyes would be bugging out go wow this is incredible you know so it's got that but it's also got its own humor and it that's that's what's so so awesome about it so i can't be more effusive about this show you know and it's the number two show did you did you know that no i didn't what, what's number one right now you'll never guess what number one is um attack on Titan, no junior i no no oh. not at all you, oh. you will never guess what the number one show is um. it's called is the order a rabbit Okay. <laughs> it's the second um, season. It's the second season of his. Oh, uh, okay. And it's like, well, see, the the only explanation I have is the Japanese loves them some moe. That's all. Oh. Because you're talking about a show. Oh. You're talking about a show where all the girls are named after coffees. And there's uh, uh. there is an uncle who's a reincarnation of of a man who's now a rabbit and I couldn't get past halfway uh, through the second episode so I have no idea yeah. but I mean uh, I like pretty I well the thing is, is this is the crazy part is I like Nan Nanbiori 
I don't get this thing. I have no idea what this is. So maybe there must some little something I'm missing. I have no idea what it is. Maybe this is something that was tailored. There's not a manga behind it. I think it's like an all original mm. show. So, but that's number one. Wow. One, one Punch Man is number two. That's kind of sad. <laughs> eh, whatever. You know, eh, I'm sure. No. Oh, well. I'm sure that eventually, what it comes down to is Saitama's walking along, and there's is the Order of Rabbit. Why are you in my way? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Who are you? Please, let this happen. <laughs> Please. I don't even know this show, but I already hate it. So, <laughs> Kaboom. You know, it's like, now he's drinking coffee. You know. huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I don't know. So just, it is what it is. It's, they, they have their own thing sometimes that uh, they do. Let so. them have it. Just, as long as it's not over here, I guess. That's the important well, thing. Well, it's on Crunchyroll. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, I thought it was going to be cool because in the first episode you have a a you have um, one of the girls that works at the coffee shop jumps out of a locker with a gun and says she's a secret agent. It started to get good for a second and then it went away. I hate it when that happens. I, I, see, I've got lots of anime to watch, and it's not just because I'm a guy. I mean, I can hear some girls out there saying, oh, but it's like a really, really good about so like it. Yeah, let me deconstruct this a little bit for you guys that you know you think that it's for girls. I'm sure that this is pitched at male otaku. I know it's got to oh, be. It has oh, to yeah. be. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm sure they're going to sell tons of them. There's going to be like... You know, special edition Blu-rays and special edition DVDs and hug pillows and all of that stuff that goes with it. And it's like, okay, that's great. You know, this yeah. is like I should take pictures of like my my man cave in here because there's no anime except for that that uh, that autographed uh, uh, Attack on Titan thing that you oh, that yeah. you yeah. sent me from the yeah. from the Comic Con. That's over on the desk there. I've got it sort of. It's still in its in its protective case. Oh, yeah, you gotta keep gotta up, keep it in the case. Leaning up against the wall. I don't even like want to tape it to the wall or nothing. I just it's in its case. It's right there. Anybody that comes in can see it. It's not like in a frame or any of that. I'm actually. I don't want to take it out of the the case. I'm not certain. I know how to take it out of the case. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's tricky so, getting those things in there, so I yeah I wouldn't. So I've never I'm like no no I can it's fine like it is you know so that's the all of the anime anything that I have in this whole room, so and I know that you can walk into some of these guys' thing and they have everything yeah it's like like a rainbow vomited in their room or something. <laughs> <laughs> rainbow vomited or just rainbow vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it? It's it's probably a little bit of both, honestly. Did you, did you happen to see that uh, we're almost on the? We're going to come back from the break in just a second and talk about some is not, because this is the we're laughing and carrying on, but over the weekend Friday the the bombings and the terror attacks happened in Paris, so we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. But yeah. but just to tie not to tie in, but just to sort of end this little discussion about otaku. Did you happen to see? The silent, uh, silence of the uh, silence of the otaku or silence of the anime or whatever it was on YouTube where it's no, I didn't. Oh, you've got to look that up. That is that is the funniest. I'll put it on. I'll put it in the group. It's the funniest okay. thing in the world. So when we get back with more Angel Repair Juice in just a few moments, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. I well, we don't have any choice but to talk about something serious. 
Stick with us and we'll be right back. Trina Nishimura here at Indiana Comic Con, and you're listening to Angel Repair Juice. certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, lands, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. You're listening to Angel Repair Juice. This is Henry Volt. And I read this little bit from Luther's small catechism uh, to key in on what we're going to be talking about this next section. Um, In the first part, we did this parody of, of the whole televangelist thing, and uh, and while we had a really good time doing that and we had a great time poking fun, um, th- there was kind of a purpose behind it. And, of course, we, we said we were going to be talking about ISIS and the bombings that, that happened yesterday or Friday um, on this second half today. You know, we, we poked fun that you know, the crazy televangelists here in the first part. And in, in, in behind all of the corruption, there's a culture. You know, it, it mimics the culture of the church. And you have the organ, you have the preacher, but it's not the real message of Christianity. And you, know, you can say the same about ISIS. As, you know, it was was Muhammad only about pillaging and 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 killing and all of this stuff? Well, well, no. You know, um, if you've ever read the Quran, there's a lot more in the Quran than just these few verses that that talk about taking up the sword. But. You know, I, I find that the most radical systems of belief come when you over-accentuate one thing. It's like we read in the Catechism, you know, God gives us daily bread. This is the stuff we need for our body. It's food. It's, it's a good wife. And, and this is good. And, and that's true. God blesses us with these things. He sustains us. 
But when you elevate that to to this extent, like the televangelist dude, where God's going to give you tons and tons of money, well, then the whole system collapses. In Islamic theology, there's this part of Islamic theology, jihad, and fighting for the cause of Allah. And when you elevate that above everything else, you know, things crumble, things become extreme. And by, what I want to key in on is this. Not, not everyone who practices Islam is a radical. You know, I mean, this is fairly apparent. I've had Muslim friends in the past. I'm going to say that the majority of people who are Muslims are not. But and in the same way that not everyone who's a Christian you know, believes in health and wealth, believes in the prosperity gospel. Just like when you think of Islam now, you think of ISIS because of the publicity. And when you think of Christianity, you think of televangelists because of the publicity and because of how common it is. Um, both of these things are not necessarily Islam and Christianity. But because it's portrayed on TV, this is what people think that Islam now is. People think that this is what Christianity now is. What we don't want to say is that um, all Muslims are bad, therefore let's just get rid of the Muslims and have all this, this hate and pandemonium, because that's probably the worst thing you can do, especially as Christians, because what are we supposed to do as Christians? Well, we're supposed to love. You know, that, that's what Christ did. In fact, he even loved the people who persecuted him. And more than likely, your average Muslim, your buddy who happens to be uh, a Muslim, probably isn't just going to be out there to persecute you. More than likely, he just wants to live his life say his prayers five times a day, go to mosque, have a family, and come home from work every day like the rest of us. So, and this is what I think people fail to realize when, when you deal with extremist groups, is that there's always an ideology behind what they do. You know, yeah. uh, with ISIS, there's a whole theology that motivates what they do. And I think when, when you don't pick up on these subtleties, um, and you find this within Christianity too. Why do certain Christian groups do the things they do and not other Christian groups? Because there's an ideology. Yeah. And with Islam, there's a lot of radical ideologies. You know, when, when Ahmed Jinnadad was president, everyone was worried about the Twelvers. And I totally forget the, the, um, you know, the minute details of this eschatology, but it's that there were these 12, um, beliefs or something going back to Muhammad and that the 12th one went into hiding for a thousand years and when he returns Jesus will return with him and that they will establish by the sword this entire kingdom of Islam and you have this Islamic Messiah Jesus is his right hand man obviously this didn't happen it, now interestingly enough that's a Shiite extreme eschatology not a Sunni and ISIS is um, a Sunni group, and apparently they don't like the Shiites very much because they're really getting it from them as well. And so there's a whole theology behind what ISIS does, and it motivates them, and they have a, a goal. And it's just like these these uh, eschatology preachers here. Like we just uh, passed the uh, the feast of the feasts of Saint Hagi and camping <laughs> on the uh, on the uh, liturgical calendar. Well, you know, you know, so so why does and I think this is a great case example for analyzing these things. Why does Hagee write a book? 
All in the money. first place that well money but he knows it's going to be a flop he knows the things are going to come true granted he was extremely vague what was it four blood moons something's about to happen or something uh i didn't read the book because yeah. i have and we're still waiting you know, you know because we've yeah, had yeah we're all, still waiting we've had the four blood moons and and you know nothing's really happened nothing other, happened other than isis is still ticking along so. yeah which which I, I believe it was chris roseborough over at pirate christian radio who said that that's that's what they're all going to claim is the, the thing but you know so, so he goes off on this venture knowing that what he says is going to happen isn't going to happen even though he's being very vague about the results so that, that's one part of it that's his motivation but what's the motivation of the person buying the books buying into the ideology well, well go ahead i was going to say fear they want to know what's going to happen maybe it's this excitement that the end is coming this sort of um sadist joy that god's going to come and just smite people and people are going to die and but we're going to be raptured in this whole thing um and so people buy it for that reason and in this and you create this whole phenomenon where Hagee's the guy um, selling, and the other people are, the, you know, they're buying. It's not the book, but the ideology. And you have this strange phenomenon around it. But what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, I've forgotten now. Oh, sorry. See what you did? <laughs> That's but, all right. Don't worry about it. it but but I, I, I'll go ahead. If it was super important, I would have wrote it down. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but yeah, in, in the same way, I think that when, when you have these really um, – weird eschatologies and it's been this way for probably the last 200 years or at least 100 years uh with eschatologies ever since premillennial um well, what do you call that it's rapture theology i can't think of the technical word for it well, there's post, ever, post-millennialism got has that in it yeah that's true but but it's a little bit different with the post-millennials you know they're that's more the reformed guys but you, know, you kind of have the whole world domination thing going on there but um, but but I think ever since the the pre the pre mill position became popular, you have this idea that um, in Christianity, especially around you know the uh, the early 1900s, is that we've got to preach to everybody, and we have to convert the world before Jesus comes back because he's coming back at any second because the Bolsheviks are here and they're really bad, and we also have the um, United Nations, which doesn't exist anymore and and this whole thing is going to culminate with the pope who's going to be the antichrist and and you have this elaborate scheme that's one form of it until uh the 1948 and the nation of israel and and you get a whole new thing it, it exploded yeah and and what um i think drives these radical eschatologies probably both within christianity and islam is this sense of imminency the sense of imminency that it's happening now and you better get on the bandwagon. Yeah. And you pry into people's fears, you pry into their hopes, you know, um, and it gets people's adrenaline pumping, you know, and, and in both cases. But I think if, um, just not as a believer, but as, as a secular society, if we don't realize this, um, then you're not going to win, you know, yeah is that there is a theology driving what's happening. Because, you know, it's not like, hey, let's conquer the world and just oppress people for no reason. Yeah. You know, they believe that if they do this, they're going to usher in the end. 
you yeah. know. Yeah, there's, um, I was reading this article. It's a big, long article. It's in the Atlantic, and uh, you, you can look it up. I actually put it on my Facebook. And uh, more than a couple of times, they mention Jim Jones and David Koresh. Okay. And the reason is is because this has more to do with that kind of mentality than it does, say, Al-Qaeda's. Because Al-Qaeda has some more... Yeah, some more worldly things in mind. They want they they want U.S. presence out of Saudi Arabia, for instance. That's that's one of the things that they want done. Just so, sort of these basic things. Now, with with the Islamic State, they really are. It's it's more like for for you Lutherans, for for those of you who know, it's more like Munster than it is anything else. When the Anabaptists take over Munster. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're going to establish a kingdom here on earth, and they're going to therefore, you know, usher in the second coming. Um, there's more to it than that, but that's all about their their eschatology too. And the way that had to be taken care of was the princes sent in soldiers, and I think it only until maybe about eight years ago, the the skeletons of of some of the people weren't were still on display at the mm. at the gates. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> because that's that's what they did. They they put them. They 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 wanted to make it emphatic that yeah, guess what? This eschatology is a failed eschatology. It's a failed idea. The proof is here are your leaders enshrined as a warning. You know, don't do this. Um, and that's that's how they did it. So, um, but with but the thing about it is, is with uh, the reason that they brought up uh, the Branch Davidians and so forth was to show how. Eventually, this thing implodes in on itself, and when it does, it's a mess. Um, you know, in the case, of course, of, of Jim Jones and down in Guyana, everybody died, um, yeah. and it was it was you know a bloodless bloodbath was the way I saw one one people one group read it or uh, explain it. We all know how it happened, how it went down at the Branch Davidians, uh, the place they. They don't know for certain how it happened, but I wouldn't be too surprised if they set the place on fire themselves because they believed that that's how it was supposed to go down. So, so yeah, it's funny to get back to why we're even doing this, is that there's some consternation over a quote, and it's not even a quote, it's a, it's a post by James R. White, and you know I, I don't know much about this person, but apparently he's uh, a, a pastor slash apologist slash... He's 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 talking about this, and I like the way he says this. And I'm just going to read what he said. He says, "I am keeping my mouth shut about Paris and and hashtag pray for Paris and all the emotions and the red, white, and blue flags and icons and all that stuff." So did he stop there? <laughs> no, he says. Oh, he so, says, so he actually he's not, huh? Yeah, so he's not keeping his mouth shut. I have to, and the best part is, is after that he says, "I have to." See, I would like to discuss the issue from a Christian worldview perspective, a worldview that takes into consideration judgment and sin and all sorts of things that, well, folks wrapped up in emotion tend to dismiss and forget about. So I will wait a while. In our day, it takes what? A week or so before folks move on to something else and the emotions die down? Then maybe we can have a meaningful discussion about uh, responding to such events in a consistently biblical fashion. Till then, this cartoon from Joanne Starr, a former Charlie Hebdo cartoonist, reminds us of the fact that 
French society, by and large, has no interest in God, God's ways, God's laws, God's will, and, well, God in general. Might want to consider that. After all, the emotions have died down, that is. That's his, I'm keeping my mouth shut post. Okay. Uh, now, now, now explain this cartoon real quick. Okay. I mean, you showed it to me, well, but the listener The cartoon is just, it, the cartoon isn't really even a cartoon. It's just sort of a statement. That, yes, there's a drawing there, but it says, Friends from the whole world, thanks for the, the hashtag pray for Paris thing. But we don't need more religion. Our faith goes to music, kisses, life, champagne, and joy. Okay, well, you know what? Um, uh, James White, um, she's free to actually say that because even if I don't agree that you know you don't need more religion, you just need a pure religion. But I, I, I kind of agree that you know the music and the kisses and life and champagne and joy would be a good thing to do in the face of people who want us to be terrified and running and scurrying for the corners and hiding. You know, I'm going to pop a cork with them and I'm going to sing and enjoy life in spite of them. So there. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. I don't that's me keeping think that's my mouth the shut. Point, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the point that he's making. No. No. I, th- I think that what he's doing is he's trying to say that, uh, considering he's brought up sin and judgment and, and all that stuff, that, yeah, this is judgment on um, the people of France for having been whatever it is that he thinks they're guilty of. Yeah. You know. Secularism, humanism, atheism. Um, Enjoying music, kisses, and life in Japan. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this this is the, the – well, there's several, <laughs> several problems with this. Um <laughs> And I'll, we'll just attack them all here. But and just for the know, record, we're not keeping our mouth shut. No, no, and we're no. not waiting to keep our you know open our mouth. You know, no, Go ahead. no. So, you know, I mean, first of all, the, the problem with this is is the premise that God is using ISIS to to punish France for their sin. You know, their their um, lack of uh, religious piety and their atheism and um you know they're they're sensual um all whatever the, uh, yeah all the stuff that they have a reputation for more, yeah more or less more or less but may or may not actually be true yeah I, I mean so. and, and and the truth is this is that um I, I could say why he thinks that and i can't say that because I simply cannot know, but I could make guesses, but I'm not going to because I'm on the air. But, you know, if, if we look at this with. Con- yeah, I'm actually going to, believe it or not. Um, but if we could look at this with maybe compassion, do, do we remember a time, and this is perhaps, I'm speaking metaphorically, but do we as a collective Christian consciousness remember when Christians were martyred for atheism by the Romans? Yeah, yeah, because you know, because we didn't believe in all those gods. We only believed in the one. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, oh, wait, you only believe in one god? Well, you must be an atheist. You're crazy. You know? what, what's yeah. what's, what's all that about? You know. <laughs> yeah, it's the god's will that you must perish. Yeah. So, um, I, I I find this somewhat ironic, um, in that you know that that God would prefer to use ISIS to to kill hundreds of innocent people rather than use his church 
which he founded, which he bought with his own blood to preach law and gospel to sinners. But no, God's not going to use that. He's not going to use his own body, which Christ is the head. No, I'm going to use ISIS yeah. to to punish um, France for their sins. And besides okay. which, if, we, if you're going to use his logic, um, then why on earth is Las Vegas still there? Yeah. Why is America still in, here? in all seriousness, why is Las Vegas still there? I mean, come on. I mean, if there was ever a place that if you could not, if, if everyone could nominate some place to be say, oh, yeah, this would be the place that God would punish. Why is it still there? You know, why is it that, you know, it's like like whenever it was Katrina that hit uh, New Orleans. Remember? Well, remember why it hit New Orleans? <laughs> Because it's New Orleans. Because of its decadence and all of that stuff. And it's like, and I was the one that thought of it and said, well, I mean, I guess it's because the hurricanes can't reach Nevada. You know, they just, just, God can't seem to conjure a hurricane big enough to get all the way that far inland to hit. You know, now he could take out Sodom and Gomorrah pretty easy, but today, you know, it's uh, something about Las Vegas. It's protected, I guess. You know, yeah. there's some Asgardian protecting Las Vegas or something. Or I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, but yeah. if you use his logic, I mean, why? What? It just breaks all apart into little pieces. Yeah, and then, then I think not only is his um, his ideology behind this statement is it false, but but what does this do to the gospel when you say this? Oh, sorry. Um, I actually don't mean to offer you the, the forgiveness of sins. I actually just wanted to to punish you um, temporarily, temporarily, and you know, it, and this could just go back to a flawed doctrine of the church. I don't know. James White is a pretty astute dude. You know, typically, I mean, he's Reformed Baptist, so even though he how he can look at history and not see that infant baptism is biblical and orthodox is beyond okay, me. But okay, okay, okay. Ne- nevertheless, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Nevertheless, he's a very intelligent man, generally a really good apologist. And I, I think this is just bad. You know, um, perhaps I- I'm, I'm going to say what I said I wasn't going to say, but Uh-oh. maybe this, maybe this is, um, related to his doctrine of election, because he is a Calvinist. Okay. What do you think? That's that's a that's an option. But uh, I I it's an option, but I can't figure. See, I have yet to run into a Calvinist who can be consistent with that for more than five minutes. Because yeah. because there's so many problems with the, their doctrine of election, the way they have it, the way they have it in their heads. You know, it, it it either winds up being we're elect and you're not, or nobody can really know if you're elect unless you do good works. But if you do good works, then that's actually – you see that you get on this treadmill of the hurrier I go, the behinder I get. Thank you, Rod Rosenblatt. I've always loved that, that phrase. But, the hurrier but, uh, I get, and, and they can't stay consistent. So I'm not – I mean, that could be the reason why he winds up doing this is because you just can't be consistent. Well, so. I, see, I think this is probably him being more consistent because I've seen this with Calvinists. Because if, if I mean, yes, we do yeah, believe in election okay. as Lutherans. I, I get what you mean because yeah. because it seems forced to be consistent. Yes. Yeah, yes, because because that's the only way that you'd be able to do it. You'd have to go all the way to the bitter end of the reasoning in order yeah. to get this to work. 
and, and which I've I've seen people say this that you know um, God willed that this person be raped. God willed that this happened. Oh yeah. And when people take it to that extreme, it is so horrible. Well, it's you know. it's dangerous. It's reprehensible. This is the same kind it's, of thing that Luther was was getting on the church's case over. You know, consciousness burned and seared by yeah. by this kind of thing. You know, and here's a doctrine that comes along that does it. You know, it's what, what is there really that much difference between you know telling people that you know you could actually buy your way out. If you could, if you could just do these things to try and get around it, or you come over here and it's like, oh, God's this like ruthless, capricious, um, and I know that Calvinists would say we're not really saying that, but you know what? Your hearers hear you saying that. Yeah, and some of them do. Um, yeah, so, and of course, I don't want to hate on Calvinists because they're our brothers, and a lot of them wouldn't say this, but there are some that do, and it's. We, we can't look into the hidden will of God. Why do horrible things happen? We don't know. But what we do know is that Christ came and died for sinners. And just like I read in the the small catechism here before, uh, before we got into this, is that he even gives daily bread to the wicked, to the evil. Yeah. You know, he, God still provides breath in the lungs of these horrible men from ISIS, just like he gives it to you and me. Yeah. Because he wants them to repent. He wills that all people will repent. You know, if God was going to strike anyone dead, you think it would be the people who are doing the, the mass murdering. Yeah. But he wants everyone to come and repent. You know, remember last, remember last week we talked about people wanting Judgment Day. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, if, if what you, you know, I've forgotten where I was going with that. <laughs> I've forgotten how they connected. That's my fault, though. No, nah, um, it's all right. That's all right, you know, because because I I just it it bothers me. What what bothers me even more is playing the game. I'm keeping my mouth shut, but I'm going to spend this big long paragraph talking about talking about this stuff in a backhanded way. because you know, he knows he's going to get people to respond to it, and yeah. I don't know. It- how many Christians go along with this thing? And once again, it goes back to what I was talking about with this fear motivator in modern eschatology. You've got the the seven hundred club. Mm-hmm. Everybody that well, I'm not. They're going to say the same thing, you know, except they'll probably Pat, just be more crass. Pat, yeah, Pat Robertson's been known to be crass about this stuff. Um, he's, in fact, that is where. And it's funny because I don't think Pat Robertson's the least bit reformed. But but he still goes that same direction. Yeah. You know, that rape happened because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. And that's your punishment. You know, Katrina got hit because of blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, it's, it's his magical mystery tour. It's, it, you just never know what's going to come out of that man's mouth sometime. Yeah. You know, and, and, and anybody that's in a position of authority in Christendom ought to know better than to <laughs> – than to say, you know, I'm just going to say whatever I feel like today because I'm just so – like, for instance, James White, if you happen to be listening, I'm, I don't think it would be, but has it occurred to <laughs> you? really like anime. You, yeah. <laughs> well, it could, it, he could turn out to be. <laughs> he, yeah. could, he, could be one of, he could be one of the body. Um, <laughs> um, you know, have you considered this, that maybe the reason why you're doing this is because you don't know how to react to this any more than that 
other than to say, these are the recordings that I've had in my head all this time, that I, the, and these are the recordings that get played back whenever I'm in shock along with everybody else. This yeah. is the same thing that comes out. It's that natural theology of man that says, eh, if you got punished, then it, it, it's, the, it's the theology of Job's friends. Yeah, Job, this would not be happening to you if you had not done something wrong. Fess up. Come on. Yeah. What did you do? And he turns to him and says, I did nothing. In fact, I, there was a cartoon a while back I saw where it was like a four-panel four cartoon that was all about Job. And it's, it's Job and his friends sitting there silent. And one of his friends says, says, uh, says exactly that. says, so what did, you do, what did you do, Job? And Job says, I didn't do nothing. That's the way, the way he said it. And then his friend says, yes, you did. <laughs> and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Because because that's that's what they do to you. You must have done yeah. something wrong. You had to have. You wouldn't be punished like this. Yeah. But but you see, this is the real flaw behind this. And this and this is the God's honest truth. If God is punishing sins temporally, then the punishment that was given to Christ for our sins was not sufficient. That's what it boils down to. If God has to punish France for their sins, if he still sending to, ISIS, yeah. then Christ's death on the cross was insufficient, and that's a huge problem. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a real problem. Or worse, it uh, his sacrifice was a waste of time. Yeah. If it if if it was, you know, I'm not like trying to outdo you or anything, but you know, if you it, we use words like insufficient, and we don't really. Um, try to qualify because people say insufficient that's the way i understand that is insufficient funds i don't have enough money in my bank account okay well then let's run with that um that means that with his death on the cross jesus didn't actually acquire the righteousness that we require in order to stand before a holy god and not be destroyed and that means that god has no choice but to punish people you know insufficient funds and that means that the whole thing, the whole endeavor was a waste of time. What on what on earth did he accomplish if he didn't accomplish what it what it is that he says that he did? Yeah, you know, I don't think that I, I maybe oh Jimmy boy there didn't mean to open that kind of a can of worms. I don't I, 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 ho- I tell you, I doubt it. <laughs> but, but you know, it was a little sloppy on his part. Yeah, but 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 you see, and and this is the problem is that when when things happen. Just naturally, we want to ask why, and that's perfectly normal, and I'm not yeah. saying it's wrong. But the better, the much more excellent answer, especially for, not the answer, the, most, the much more excellent question for the Christian is not why, but what. What am I supposed to do? Because it's not as if knowing why I can stop it. Now, now we, we spoke earlier about understanding ISIS's eschatology and how that's helpful. That's not my point. When bad things happen... Sometimes we'll never know why they do, but we have to know, okay, what am I supposed to do with it? You know, and I, I love what Jordan Cooper put on Facebook. Do, do you still have that up? Um, I think I can find it real quick. Let's see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Pastor Jordan Cooper over at uh, yeah. Justin Center. Yeah, I found he, it. Yeah, go ahead and read that because okay. it was so good. It was so, perfect. See, he didn't, he didn't reference directly what it was because th- there's no sense in just referencing uh, James White because he's not the only one that's talking like this right now. I guarantee no. you. Um, so, 
it, it goes this way. So apparently some people are claiming that the terror attack on France is a judgment of God. Is this how Christians are called to deal with evil? How about comforting the grieving and proclaiming God's love for sinners? There's not one thing wrong with coming alongside somebody that suffered in, in one of these attacks. And whenever they say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened, just flat out agreeing with me, agreeing with them. This is, this is terrible. This is absolutely a terrible thing. You know, and it's also not a bad thing to say, I don't know why. See, as much as we'd like to pretend that we're wonderful people, um, you know, and, and know everything, you know, have all knowledge and have all of the, the stuff like that. How does it go? If I have all knowledge and have all spirituality and so forth, I'm actually paraphrasing, and have not love, you'll be able to look at him and say, you know what, I don't know why this happened. I, I don't know why. And I agree with you, it's terrible. Just be there to comfort him. Be there this way. Um, back when um, 9-11 happened, and I think we could end with this. Um, back when 9-11 happened, I cannot remember the, the name of the person. It's somebody at St. Louis Seminary um, had this to say when someone asked, where was God whenever the, whenever the World Trade Centers fell? Now, that's, that's a live question for people sometimes even today. You know, where was God? And you know what this guy's answer was? Buried in the rubble with the rest of the victims. Yeah. If you let that sink in for a second, is to say, where else would he be? He'd be with, you know, the just just like whenever you think of Jesus is with the lepers, or Jesus is with the sinners. Jesus is on the cross dying for the very people who are killing him. <laughs> yeah. He's he is he's there. That's where he is. He's with his people wherever they are. And that was you know, you let that sink in for a little bit and you say, Oh, huh. Uh it's hard to put that into words. It's hard to even begin to figure out how to put that into words for people. But still, I think that that's I think that's probably one of the most helpful things you can say. I don't know why it happened. I agree that it's a terrible thing. So, do you think we're done, Henry? I think we're done. There's really nothing more you can add to that. Yeah, so so you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice. My name is Matthew Pancake, and... I'm Henry Volk. And come back and listen to us next time for more anime from a Lutheran perspective. See you later.